Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors is the company which provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over the course of this five-part podcast series, we'll take a look at several different topics. They include the global view of ethics and compliance programs from Affiliated Monitors' vantage point, enforcement or weak or non-existence ethics and compliance programs outside the United States, what Affiliated Monitors is seeing around ethics and compliance programs in Spain, how companies are struggling with different types of enforcement, and then the difference in reactive and proactive monitorships in the international context. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you will enjoy it. Thank you for listening. This special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode 5, moving from a reactive to a proactive compliance program on the international scene. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm back for another episode. Today, I have back with me Eric Feldman. Eric's a Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors. Today, we are going to conclude our five-part series on international monitors and international monitoring, compliance and ethics cultures outside of the United States. Uh, Eric, as always, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you for having me. Eric, there's a couple of key concepts I'd like to start with. Uh, One is... uh, which is uh, the time uh, both you and Vin seem to spend outside of the United States would tend to tell me that there's a fair amount of work for both U.S. multinationals outside the U.S. and for foreign countries, excuse me, foreign companies in foreign countries, Uh, but also how you have been able to move the conversation about monitors certainly from being simply a reactive or even a detect prong to more of a proactive. I was wondering if you might be able to tie those two strands together to talk about how affiliated monitors has worked to help multinationals, but most specifically in their uh, parts of their businesses outside of the United States. Sure. that That's really a great question, Tom. And, and I think a lot of it is the product of how affiliated monitors conducts its work. It's a a mindset, if you will. And when we do monitoring work of U.S. companies in accordance with U.S. agreements, uh, regardless of where they're located, our approach is always collaborative. It's about improving, remediating the company, not going after them with a baseball bat, not Um, attempting to continue the investigation of the problems that led to the settlement 
and the agreement in the first place. And that proactive mindset that we have is geared towards identifying what works within a company, uh, taking into account the culture of the company and the culture of the country that the company is located in, and how we come up with recommendations to strengthen the ethics and compliance program and the culture. It is not too far a stretch then to look at what we do as monitors and the word monitor uh, basically drives fear into the heart of men um, when they hear that they're going to be uh, subject to monitoring. Um, but the, the concept of monitoring, we try to make it more of value. What is the value of an independent third party coming from the outside of your company, looking in and assessing the extent to which you've done due diligence to prevent fraud, waste, abuse, mismanagement, and corruption, and due diligence in ensuring that your ethics and compliance activities actually are working and are having an impact on the workforce. To us, looking at those factors in a company, either reactively or proactively, is the same approach. And doing it in the United States for a U.S. company or doing it in another country for a U.S. company and its operations in a foreign country, very much the same. Uh, now what we're seeing is an evolution in how foreign companies, companies um, around the world in every region of the world, are responding to increased enforcement activity and action by not just the United States, but by their own countries. And we're seeing the same needs, the same requirement to have an independent third party come in to let them know where they stand, uh, to let them know what's working and what isn't working for their own internal corporate ethical cultures. Eric, where do you see governments outside of the United States either playing a role or leading a discussion around the importance of culture at companies in their countries and cultural assessments that uh, I've heard you talk about and Vin talk about that uh, affiliated monitors performs? Well, I, I think it's an important part of the dialogue on what do we expect from our companies? So it's one thing to have a corruption law. Then it's another thing to have a process for enforcing that law. And on, on that continuum, we see countries in different parts of the world uh, moving forward on that continuum, having a law, enforcing the law. Then once we enforce the law, do we have alternatives and how we settle uh, those kinds of cases. Is it just a matter of either prosecute or don't prosecute? And if we settle, what kinds of settlement actions do we put into place? Do we create a deferred prosecution regime, as many countries are now doing? And if we do that, what's our goal? What do we want to get out of this? In the UK and in many other countries, the goal 
uh, is very clearly public interest. And they have to answer the question, what is in the public's best interest in terms of settling a case of corruption with a company? And you would think that what would be in the company in the country's best interest that the government ought to focus on is remediating what led to the problem in the first place. How do we prevent that company from being a repeat offender? And if you do that, culture, in our view, which is why AMI focuses so much on culture, uh, focusing on culture is a key aspect. Culture to us, and you've heard me say this a hundred times, you're probably tired of hearing it, is culture is a foundational internal control without which any of the other controls that you put into place to prevent corruption are not going to be as effective. So we see governments from the United States through DOJ's own criteria that they've established for ethics programs and other countries focusing more and more on corporate culture and strengthening the culture in order to prevent a recurrence of the problems that led to the violation in the first place. Eric, I was wondering if you might give us some thoughts on where you see the American model of an independent integrity monitoring or a mo- other type of monitoring work in other countries, or do you see a different model or perhaps a hybrid? Well, you know, it, I hate to say that it's the American model because that sort of um, presupposes that we're imposing some kind of American culture or values on companies uh, that operate outside the United States. And to, to us, a big part of the monitoring process, whether it's proactive or reactive, is to take into account the different cultures of the countries where the company is operating. Um, for example, when you're looking at employee reporting, in some countries, it just is not part of the culture and is seen as a lack of respect for employees to speak up and tell their supervisors that they're wrong or to question what a supervisor or manager is doing. It's seen as a lack of respect. So in order to encourage a speak-up culture in a country which is not a speak-up country, you have to devise other methods of extracting employees' opinions and views and making them feel comfortable to raise issues and ask questions. Those are the kinds of things where you need to have some people on the ground working with you and who have a really good understanding of the culture in that country and how it impacts how the employees view their roles in each individual company. So we think that it is very appropriate to use the methodology, the approach, um, and the expertise that affiliated monitors brings uh, in monitoring in anywhere in the world, but we do so with an eye toward ensuring that the local culture uh, is taken into great consideration in the way that we do the work. 
Eric, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with Eric Feldman. Uh, today was our concluding episode in our, our five-part podcast exploration of international ethics and culture monitoring uh, and compliance uh, from AMI. Eric, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ethics and Compliance Monitoring across the EU and beyond, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode. If you'd like more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This podcast has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.